What is integrity? Well, it's the same root word as the word integer, which is a whole number, right? So a whole number. That means there's no decimals. There's no fractions. It's the same through and through. And so if you're going to be a salesperson that has integrity, you've got to be the same through and through. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that sadly makes many entrepreneurs or leaders that own or run a business very uncomfortable, and that's the topic of sales. And it always blows my mind that this makes people uncomfortable. Because what do you have to do to grow or run or own a business? Well, you have to sell things. But I spent a lot of time thinking about why do people get so awkward? Why do people get so uncomfortable whenever it comes to the topic of sales? And I think the reason why is because there's so many examples that we see on a regular basis of sales done in a way that is slimy, that is shady, and that's manipulative. And we get this idea in our head that, oh, I see salespeople that are slimy, shady, and manipulative, and therefore all sales is slimy, shady, and manipulative. Here's what I want you to hear. That's not true, or at least it doesn't have to be. I believe sales done properly is actually a form of leadership because what is leadership? It's taking people from here to there. What is making a sale? It's taking someone who's not a customer to becoming a customer. And so what I felt would be helpful for the leaders that we get to talk to on this podcast and their team members as well was laying down some foundational ground rules for what is a form of sales that is healthy, that is trustworthy, and that is actually rooted in service rather than manipulation. And so we're going to walk through some fundamental practices and principles and tools. And then I'm also going to give you the process that I've used personally for years to do a pretty good job of selling both in my own company and in previous jobs that I've had in the past. So let's first focus on three principles that will really frame the way that we walk through this content. Number one, sales done properly is service. Here's the deal. If you don't agree with this, you're probably not going to get much value from this podcast. So you should probably turn it off right now. But here's what I believe. Businesses exist to meet needs, solve problems, and serve people. And so I hope you believe this too, that as a business, there's people out there right now that have problems, that have challenges, that have desires, that have aspirations, that your business is uniquely positioned and designed to solve. And so sales is not this thing where you're twisting people's arms or getting them to spend money that they don't actually have or getting them to do things that they don't actually want to do. That's toxic and unhealthy. It's no good. Sales is actually serving people by understanding what they want, desire, and need based on the challenges that they're currently facing and then positioning and showing them, hey, here's how the product or service that we designed and built actually solves that problem. Sales done properly is service. Number two, transactional sales focuses on what the salesperson wants and needs. Relational sales focuses on what the customer wants and needs. I got a phone call the other day. It's funny because he was actually selling me a seminar on sales. And he called me a couple weeks ago 
And I have no clue how this guy got my number, but he said, hey, Alex, I just want to know if you wanted to 3X your sales in 2023. That was literally his voice. And I was like, oh man, uh, good to hear from you. I think we're good. Thanks though. And he goes, oh man, Alex, I know you're good. I wouldn't be calling you if you weren't good, but I just want to know, do you want to 3X your sales in 2023? And I was like, oh man, I I really appreciate that. I'm golden though. Okay, I'm going to go. And he goes, I know you're golden. I wouldn't be talking to you if you weren't golden. I just want to know, do you want to level up your sales in 2023? And at this point, I'm getting a little bit irritated and frustrated because he just keeps ramming this assertion down the phone line and won't let me get a word in edgewise. And I say, man, I really appreciate you for asking. I don't really know how you got my number, but we're a growing team right now. And we've actually been making some investments in our marketing process. And we've been making some intentional deposits into how we're messaging our product right now. And we think we've got a really good executable plan in place. And so I think I'm going to hold off right now, but I really appreciate that. And he's like, I know, I know what you're saying, man. I just want to know what are you doing to level up your sales in 2023? And I mean, at this point, I was just like, this guy isn't listening to a word that I'm saying. Why? He was more focused on what he wanted and needed than he was on what the customer wanted and needed. He was focused on the transaction. He was focused on making the sale. Now, we could do a whole leadership episode focused on the fact that this guy was probably part of a culture that valued making the single sale rather than building a relationship with potential customers. But we're not going to get into all of the cultural pieces that create that atmosphere today. What does the relationship do? They ask a lot of questions that we're going to talk about in the sales process that I'm going to share with you to really make sure they understand what is the customer going through? What do they need? What do they want? What are they confused about? Where are they at right now? Where do they want to be? What do they want to accomplish? What's their background? How do they relate to the product that I'm offering? What are their questions that they might have? And out of all of that information, we start to draw some conclusions about, do we offer something that meets their needs and solves their problems? And if you're going to invest in the relationship, there's going to be times where the answer to that question is, no. There's going to be times where you're like, man, they have wants and needs. It's just ones that we don't solve. And therefore, I would better serve them by telling them, hey, we're not the business for you. But that's not what a transactional salesperson does. The transactional salesperson focuses on making the one-off sale, whether the person wants it or needs it or not. And that means that person, that customer is going to have a horrible experience. So if you're invested in the relationship, it means that you're playing the long game and you're saying, okay, if it's right and they want and need what I provide, then I'm going to make sure I close that deal. But if it's not right, I'm not going to be overly assertive about making them do something that they don't actually want or need to do. Relational sales focuses on what the customer wants and needs. Let's focus on the third principle. The best sales strategy is a product or service that effectively solves a legitimate problem. This is business 101, but we so easily drive past it. So it's worth saying again, the best sales strategy is a product or service that effectively solves a legitimate problem. There are so many video courses and books and influencers out there that, I mean, people are spending hours upon hours learning what is the equivalent of verbal jujitsu of how 
how to negotiate people into the ground and manipulate them into buying things that they don't actually want or need. And I just spend so much time looking at those things and saying, man, if you just spent half the time actually creating a product or service that solved a legitimate problem and making it really excellent and effective, you wouldn't have to learn all these tricks to get people to do what they don't want to do. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do is, yes, there's going to be times where you really have to make sure that you're consistent and effective in the way that you communicate in a sales conversation. You should be really good at that. And there's tactics and techniques and tools for doing that that we're going to share with you in this series. But if you're spending all of your time learning tactics and techniques and tools and you're still not converting, you should also probably do a look in the mirror as an organization and say, okay, is our product or service actually good? Does our product or service actually connect to what the marketplace is asking for? Are we communicating about this in a way that makes sense to the customer? Because it's really easy, and I mean this, it's really easy to become an egocentric business. And here's what I mean by that. An egocentric business is a business that talks the way they want to talk about what they want to talk about, and they're not at all focused on what the customer wants to talk about and what the customer actually wants you to provide. Don't be a narcissistic, egotistical business. Make sure that you stay in touch with your customer and that your product or service is designed around their desires and their needs and the problems that they are experiencing. So let's focus on the three principles one more time. Sales done properly is service. Transactional sales focuses on what the salesperson wants and needs. Relational sales focuses on what the customer wants and needs. And the best sales strategy is a product or service that affects effectively solves a legitimate problem. Now, before we get into the process of sales and some of the qualities of great salespeople, I just wanted to walk through three things that matter more than a sale. Because I think sales is one of those high stakes environments where it can be really easy to compromise on things that you actually deeply care about. And so let's lay the ground rules for you, the people that own or run businesses, but also for your team on what are the things that we are simply unwilling to sacrifice. Number one, your integrity. This is actually a pretty big deal because it's something that so often salespeople don't even think about. Now, there's a surface level definition of integrity that is don't lie, cheat, or steal. And I agree that people of integrity don't lie, cheat, or steal. But here's the deal. Integrity goes much deeper than that. And it's actually much more of a profound idea and concept than just don't lie, cheat, or steal. Because what is integrity? Well, it's the same root word is the word integer, which is a whole number, right? So a whole number. That means there's no decimals. There's no fractions. It's the same through and through. And so if you're going to be a salesperson that has integrity, you've got to be the same through and through. That means you're not saying things on the phone to one customer that you're not saying to another customer. That means you're not telling half-truths. That means that you're not leaving out helpful information for people to make an effective decision. That means that you're providing the best of what you have available to you to help the person make an informed decision. Be a person of integrity. Here's another thing that really gets people that are often very good at sales, and this is one that I've had to wrestle to the ground myself. Resist the urge to exaggerate. 
here's the deal. It can be really easy to paint a picture of your product or service that sounds absolutely awesome. But whenever you look back at what you said, you're like, oh my gosh, that is absolutely awesome. The only thing is, is it's not true. And it can be really easy to inflate numbers. It can be really easy to exaggerate experience or exaggerate what people say about the product. And it's like, that's all fine and good on the sales call all the way up until the point that the customer actually experiences what you sold them. And they're like, okay, I'm seeing some disparity here between what you said and what actually is. And then you're breaking down the relationship, right? Because you're untrustworthy. So this goes back to what we talked about in the principle, build great things that you can talk about with integrity. That's the beautiful thing about building a great product is when you build a great product, it's really easy to operate in integrity because you don't have to exaggerate. But man, I've been memorizing the Sermon on the Mount and it's just been taking me to task in some ways because it's so convicting. There's a portion where Jesus starts talking about taking oaths and where you should not really take oaths at all. And one of the things that he says is, do not take an oath on heaven for it is the throne room of God or by earth for it is his footstool or by Jerusalem for it is the city of the great king and do not take an oath by your own head for you cannot make one hair white or black. And then he says the powerful words, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Another version says, let what you say be simply yes or no. So often we have this need to exaggerate our yeses and underplay our no's. And what he's saying is speak clearly. Let your yes mean yes. And don't feel this need to exaggerate or to blow up or to bolster up anything that is more than what actually is. But then here's what he says right after that verse. He says, anything more than this comes from evil. And man, that did a number on me when I read it. Because if you actually spend some time thinking about that, what does it mean? Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Whenever I try to exaggerate or underplay things inaccurately, what am I doing? I am seeking to coerce or manipulate another person. I am trying to change the truth, and in the process of changing reality, I'm hoping to change their response. Anything more than this comes from evil. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Do not sacrifice your integrity for a sale. What else do you not want to sacrifice? The customer's dignity. This is going to be one that, quite frankly, people might disagree with. I I just really don't like all those programs that teach you 101 ways to overcome objections. I don't like it, right? If they're giving you that many objections, then you know what? At some point, you need to say, when they say no, they mean no, and it's my responsibility to respect that. And I think when we take someone's no and we try to turn it upside down, that's when we become slimy and shady. So here's the deal. I really personally don't want you to spend a ton of time overcoming people's objections. Now, if we need to spend more time asking questions and having conversation and finding out what they actually need and sharing with them about our product or service because they're confused or they don't understand what we do, I'm fine with that. But at some point, if a person person says no, it means no. And why does that actually matter? Well, Dave Ramsey used to always say this old quote. I don't know who originally said it, but a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. 
And if you're going to twist someone's arm into doing business with you, you really think that person's going to be a good customer? No. But you're not really focused on the relationship at that point. You're just focused on the transaction. You're just focused on making the sale. And so it applies to leadership as well. You really don't want to spend too much time taking people to a place that they actually don't want to go. And so don't play that game, right? You don't want to sacrifice the customer's dignity in order to make the sale. And then finally, uh, you don't want to sacrifice your ability to serve. And this actually connects to what we already talked about. If you don't actually believe that your product will serve them, do not sell it to them. And this can be honestly really tempting to abdicate sometimes, right? Because you may be talking to someone and they may have the money and they may even want to buy what you sell, but then you're like, you don't actually need this and this actually isn't going to help you. It takes a lot of courage and a lot of character to say, I understand that you want this. I actually don't think this is best for you and I don't think ultimately you'd have a great experience with this product or service. Now, this isn't going to happen all the time by any means, but I will tell you, you don't want to sacrifice your ability to serve people because you're just trying to make the sale. Now, there's one thing that I think would be worth saying as it relates to these three things that we don't want to give up. I have seen people before use integrity, the customer's dignity, or the ability to serve as an excuse for a bad product or a lack of discipline. Here's what I mean. Maybe someone's in a sales role or they're trying to make a sale with a potential customer and the customer says no. And they point at integrity or customer's dignity as a reason why they didn't make the sale. And in reality, it was that they weren't a very good salesperson or they lacked discipline or the product wasn't very good or their understanding of the product and the customer wasn't very good. And so it's really important that you hold yourself to a high standard of not allowing yourself to use any of these three things that matter most as excuses. Certainly, there's three things that you don't want to sacrifice at all, but resist and refute the urge to use them as excuses. Okay, what I'd like to do is I'd like to walk through, before we go today, three qualities of a great salesperson. And then what we're going to do on the next episode in this series is I'm going to walk you through the four-step process that I've used for gosh, over a decade now to really think about sales and make sales. So let's focus on three qualities of a great salesperson because these are qualities that you can cultivate and it really relates to making sales in a healthy way and not a way that's slimy or manipulative or untrustworthy. Number one, earned confidence. Again, it's in the sales arena, right, and sphere that one of the best things you can do to make the sale and to, to convert customers and to grow your business is you need to be confident, right? And I agree with this. I think people respond to confidence. People follow confidence. It's true in leadership. It's certainly true in sales. But here's what I want you to have, earned confidence. And people will give you all these things to present confidently and to make sure that you're selling confidently and make sure that you have a confidence confident image to the people that you're talking to. Here's the deal. You don't need all that. Here's what you can do to have earned confidence. Know your beliefs and values, know your industry, know your customer, and know your product. And if you say, well, I know all those things and I still don't feel confident, know them better <laughs> and then take action 
right? Know your beliefs and values. So that's your identity. And, and what that means, when you know your identity, you know that who you are is not in any way determined by how this sale goes, by how this customer responds to you, by whether or not this person likes you or decides to buy or not on this particular day. So know your beliefs and values. And don't just know them at a head level logically. Know them at a heart level, spiritually, emotionally. Know your beliefs and values. Know who you are. Know your industry. And this is really important. Like, who are the competitors? Who are the other people that your customers are talking to? What does your industry provide in general? What is the terminology that your industry uses? Because here's the deal. If you're selling and your customer knows more about the industry than you do, something has gone very, very wrong. So know your beliefs and values and then know your industry. What do you want to know next? Know your customer. And so we're going to talk about knowing your customer individually in the next episode where we walk through the sales process. But I also want you to know the customer generally. The types of people that you want to talk to, who are they? What do they do? What's their demographic? What's their age range? What do they enjoy? What do they like to avoid? What are the challenges that they face? What do they really want from a company like yours? What do they aspire to? What are the problems that they have? I want you to know the ins and outs of your customer. I want you to be an expert on your customer. I want your team to be an expert on your customer. I want you to speak your customer's language. And what do you have to do to do that? You have to spend time with your customer. It's one of the reasons why I love what we get to do at Path for Growth is we have office hours every Monday and Friday. I still operate as a one-on-one coach within our business. We have workshops once a month. And so our whole team, myself included, is regularly spending extended time with the customer. Not all businesses are structured that way, and that's not bad. It just means it's going to require a little bit more discipline on your end to stay connected to the customer. So you're going to know your beliefs and values. You're going to know your industry, and then you're going to know your customer deeply. And then you need to know your product. It's crazy the number of times that I interact with teams that members of the team don't actually know what the business does and what the problem is that it solves. Of course, they know generally, but in terms of the language that they could use in terms of like if they were actually talking to a prospective customer and the customer had some questions on what their business could provide them, they would have no clue how to answer those questions competently. And so I would tell you, if that's your business right now, the good news is, is that you have so much opportunity on the table right now to train your team. What is the product that we offer and how do we talk about it in a way that represents competence and credibility? And what is the language that we want to use and how are we positioning it to solve a problem? This is what we're actually starting to teach now within the Path for Growth community is a product guide, right? It's a, it's a one to two page document that really walks your team through, hey, here's what we offer to the marketplace so that we're all aligned because then you take a, a team of employees and you make them a team of salespeople. And it's just incredible because everyone's equipped with the language to be able to sell. So what do you need to have in order to be a really strong salesperson? Well, the first quality is earned confidence. And you earn confidence by knowing your beliefs and values, knowing your industry, knowing your customer, and knowing your product. Let's go to the second quality now, empathy. If you're going to be a really remarkable salesperson, you want to hone your ability to connect with people. 
And how do you grow in this? Well, I would tell you, get good at having conversations with strangers. That's a really helpful practice that you can engage in, that if you can get good at that, you can be really good at the empathy side of sales. Because here's what you find talking with strangers, is you find that you can connect with everyone on something. You just have to figure out what it is. I'm going to say that again. You can connect with everyone on something. You just have to figure out what it is. And so one of the things that you learn in talking with strangers is how to ask really great questions, how to look for common ground, how to highlight common ground, how to put yourself in someone else's shoes and how to get them to feel that, hey, I'm with you. We're in this together. We're collaborating because it's in doing that that you start to create trust. Now, we've talked about this before in the coaching techniques episodes that we walked through is you're always going to do this in the best interest of the person that you're talking to. So I do this all the time as a way of practicing and honing my skills, but also it's an incredible way to serve the people that we're with. I like doing it with cashiers. I like doing it with Uber drivers. I like doing it with stewardesses on a plane. If I sit down early, I like doing it with strangers at restaurants and waitresses and waiters. We just start talking and it is wild how quickly you can build trust with people if they start to look at you as someone that listens and someone that understands. And so become the type of person that is practiced at listening and understanding, being able to put yourself in their shoes so that they can say, oh, this person is with me. This person sees me. That's empathy. We want earned confidence and we want empathy. What's the third quality? Trustworthiness. Now, what we're talking about here is not a shallow level of trustworthiness that they trust you just enough to buy the product and then they never hear from you again or what you actually sold them didn't turn out to be true. Listen, people trust the truth long-term. And so if you're invested in relational sales, you want to be trustworthy. And here's what I'm talking about here. Mark Twain had a quote. uh, I just love it. He says, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. (laughs) And I love that because, man, if you're not good at telling the truth and you're in sales, you won't remember what discount you offered people. You don't remember the way you talked about the product. You won't remember what benefits you talked about. You won't remember the way that you described it to them. You're going to have to go back through your Rolodex of your mind of all the half-truths that you've told to figure out, oh man, what did I actually say to this person? But man, when you actually just tell the truth, tell it like it is, speak directly, speak concisely, don't exaggerate. When you're consistent, because that's what we're talking about here, you become someone that's worthy of people's trust. And not just worthy of people's trust in a transaction, worthy of people's trust in a relationship. And that's a quality of an incredible salesperson. The best salespeople that I've ever met, known, and interacted with all had one thing in common. They're incredibly consistent. Now, they weren't as flashy in the moment a lot of the times because a lot of times flash and consistency don't go well together. But whenever it came to making those daily deposits and being really connected to the people that bought from them and building a relationship and building a network and being the type of salespeople that, man, you look up, 
three years into the gig and people really trust them and they have customers coming back to them and they have customers referring to them and they have people that didn't buy before but now want to come back and buy two years later. Well, the only reason why people are doing that is because they're, they've interacted with a person that is trustworthy. Okay, let's review kind of the foundational elements that we've talked about today. And then in the next episode, we're really going to walk through a sales process that makes this really practical. We talked about three principles for sales, that sales done properly is service. We focus on the difference between transactional sales, which is focused on what the salesperson wants versus relational sales, which is focused on what the customer wants. Then we focus on the best sales strategy is a product or service that is actually effective. And then we focused on three things that matter more than a sale. They're things that we don't want to compromise, but we're also not willing to be soft and use them as excuses. Your integrity, the customer's dignity, and the ability to serve. And then we focused on three qualities of a great salesperson. Earned confidence, empathy, which is the ability to connect with people and put yourself in their shoes, and trustworthiness. Y'all, this is a skill that I really believe in because it's one of those things that if you can develop it, it will impact all areas of your life. And by nature, it contributes to the growth of your business. And if you do it the right way, I also believe it will contribute to the health of your business. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast because this is part one of a two-part series. And the next part, we'll take all these foundational principles and we'll make them really, really practical. That will be sales training part two. Y'all, if this content was helpful and valuable, we also release written content every week in an email called Worth It Wednesday. I personally don't like email that much. I don't think it's worth your time or worth your energy. So we said, if we're going to release an email, it better be worth it. So every Wednesday, you're going to get a two-minute email that has a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, and a recommendation worth taking. So many of you, like uh, over a thousand of you are on this list now. Just so cool to have that community of leaders. If you want to sign up for Worth It Wednesday, you can do so at the link that's in the show notes of this episode or at pathforgrowth.com. Y'all know this, we're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go.